0: Welcome back to Brazil Crypto Report. Today I'm joined by Guto Antunes, head of digital assets at Itaú, which is Latin America's largest bank. We discuss Itaú's aggressive digital asset strategy for 2024, which includes a focus on tokenization, custody, distribution, and the Drex pilot. So it's great to have Gutu here with us. He's been at the epicenter of TradFi and crypto for several years now, and he's now running the digital assets division at the largest bank in Brazil, Itaú, uh, and they're doing some really Im- important and amazing things on the digital assets front. So today we're going to learn about that. So Gutu, uh, to get started, why don't you just give yourself a quick introduction and uh, tell us a bit about your personal journey into digital assets, and uh, then we'll dive into how you wound up in your current role at Itaú. Yeah, uh,
1: sure, Aaron. So uh, I started uh, 25 years back. Like uh, I used to be a trade, like 100% TradFi guy. So I started doing a uh, derivatives, effects FX, and uh, you know, buy side, sell side uh, in some of the main um, Brazilian and also international banks. Uh, you know, developing the uh, the, the Latin American uh, region for them. Uh, And actually, uh, that was my life until uh, 2014, when I was at B3, uh, our local stock exchange. And I heard the first time about Bitcoin. At that time, I I wasn't uh, that much a believer, let's say this way. I started like, you know, uh, uh, studying a little bit and understanding what was the, uh, you know, the underlying asset and how it worked. So I was kind of a little bit skeptic about uh, where we could get with uh, the technology. But then uh, I went, uh, you know, for, um, for developing a, a, an FX uh, G10 platform uh, in the United States and uh, I was doing some tabletop meetings and uh, out of the 10 clients, uh, eight was, were asking us about uh, having something for Bitcoin and Ether. So I was losing clients and uh, me and my partners, we decided to, to go deep into the uh, protocols, understand a little bit more about the Ethereum technology. And uh, that opened my mind like 100%. Then I came back, uh, you know, started uh, 100% in the crypto world. I went to Mercado Bitcoin, uh, then crypto, Crypto.com. And uh, Itau gave me the mission, uh, you know, to lead uh, the team to develop our uh, business fronts, uh, you know, for, uh, for uh, the region and, uh, you know, to lead this agenda within the, uh, the regulator here.
0: Amazing, amazing. And I know you started at Itau right around the time of the FTX collapse back in uh, November of 22, or or around that time. So maybe uh, you know, but I mean, maybe maybe a little bit of second thoughts, like am I doing the right (laughs) thing here? But uh, but no, but things have turned around nicely, and uh, I think we are as a market where people had would have hoped we would be at the end of at the end of 2023 or beginning of 2024. And um, I would love for you to talk a bit about. you know, maybe the journey of Itawoo with regards to blockchain, crypto, digital assets, uh, maybe even before you were from the time, from before you arrived up until kind of the time you arrived. And then we can dive into what you've been doing uh, in the, the year and some change uh, since then, since you joined.
1: Yeah, sure. So, so Itau ha- had always been on the forefront of the, uh, you know, of uh, looking into the future and studying the blockchain technology. So back in 2014, 15, we already had a team. You know, deploying uh, and uh, understanding a little bit about blockchain and how the bank could use them. And uh, back in uh, July 2022, we made we've made our first uh, incursion into uh, into the blockchain world, which we we've launched our uh, tokenization business. Uh, firstly, as a mock-up, as a pilot, to understanding to understand a little bit how we could uh, you know tokenize the real-world assets, and uh, then. Uh, we started like uh, understanding a little bit that we had a new uh, type of uh, client uh, starting to, to to be the bank's client, like uh, uh, like we say, it, it, b- bankarization uh, case here. So so clients getting into Itaú, it's a new generation, and how we could start, uh, you know, uh, connecting with them through this new uh, digital economy. So. That was when we started uh, looking not only for token, uh, tokenization, but also for uh, uh, CBDC, uh, custody and also distribution of uh, crypto to get this client uh, into our environment and keep them uh, uh, working with it. All.
0: Great, great. So I know you have kind of like you touched on this, but you, we can we can kind of you know spell this out a bit more clearly here. But you have kind of the four lines that you're working on within your digital assets division. So you have the actual crypto brokerage. Uh, is it Ion or Eon? I guess I'm not sure how you pronounce Eon. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's Eon. Eon, yeah. okay. Uh, uh, well, it, I guess in English maybe we'd be called I- anyway. Ion. Anyway, uh, So yeah. Eon, you have the which is the actual crypto brokerage. Uh, you have the custody side of things. You have the the, uh, the tokenization side of things, and then you have the Drex uh, CBDC uh, side of things. And m- maybe like maybe we can kind of touch on each of those. Like we'll just go kind of box by box and talk a bit about maybe what your ambitions are with each of these and uh, where things are currently and, and, and where you're trying to go with them.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, uh, firstly, it's important to highlight that um, our strategy here was to, uh, to develop four uh, key business fronts, uh, to have our uh, team uh, like fully deployed to, to, to build the new uh, digital economy. So uh, you just mentioned them. Uh, the first one was the the Drex, which is the, uh, a uh, a uh, an agenda uh, linked to the Brazilian Central Bank. So the Brazilian Central Bank uh, set up a roadmap, and uh, we, uh, fully, uh, we fully we uh, fully supported the Central Bank in order to develop. It was called the the Real Digital, right? And then uh, recently named Drex. Uh, to start uh, being one of the uh, the uh, most important projects, CBDC projects uh, around the globe, right? And uh, Itaú was uh, the first one to uh, to to deploy the tests. We, we were the first uh, bank actually to uh, to deploy the the, the node uh, within uh, the Banco Central, and uh, yeah, we were uh, fully committed to to develop these. Uh, the, the roadmap until we get into into the to the point that we are hoping that the Drex will be in a little while. Uh, then the second one was the tokenization business, which I was uh, seeing a little bit more. So, so tokenization of real world assets. We know that there's, uh, you know, you can tokenize everything, right, Aaron? You can you can tokenize uh, rights. You can tokenize real world assets. That is not a problem. The, the The blockchain technology is amazing. You can do you can do it all. Uh, the topic here is how we make the distribution in the right way, right? How we have uh, the regu- the regulation uh, coming in tandem to support the distribution of those uh, of those uh, tokens. So this is what we uh, we started to to talk very closely to to our local SEC called CVM uh, to understand uh, the regulation how we could support uh, developing. a a common system, a common blockchain linked to the Drax project so that we can have, you know, an environment which the companies and the banks and also the other participants can understand a little bit more how to tokenize and distribute the assets in the right way. So this is the point that we are at. Tokenization, we know that it's not uh, only the future of the uh, new uh, digital economy, but it's a key uh, element uh, for... uh, for what we call here middle market, uh, players, I would say like, uh, you know, uh uh, 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 some companies that doesn't have, uh, you know, uh, full access to, to the debit credit market. So tokenization also can solve potentially solve, uh, those uh, those, uh, 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 uh those, uh, topics with them. Right. And, uh, uh. Uh, and lastly, what, what we think here at Itao about tokenization is that uh, we have this new generation coming to to companies and also to to invest, and they will be looking for the news, the new these new instrument in the, in the next five or, or ten years. So this is what we believe here at TAU. Uh, the third uh, the third business front that we uh, we focus here. Uh, was the uh, the custody and this is one of the main uh, the main business that we uh, we're going to, to to deploy and also uh, work on the next uh, couple of years because you know the banks they have been doing custody for uh, in itau's case for a hundred years right we have the the, 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 the the governance we have the rules and we have everything like uh, 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 very well aligned with the regulators. In order to offer security for our customers, we have been doing that with uh, with fiat and money, like I said, for a long time, for decades. So why don't we get this uh, experience not only on the security side, but also on the uh, the UX side of things, so that we can, uh, you know, offer uh, the crypto uh, and tokens uh, clients a way of keeping their uh, their crypto, uh, you know, safe. In a safe, uh, in a safe uh, 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 locker, I would say. So this is this is the case that we studied here about the custody. Uh, firstly, we deployed uh, within our uh, treasury team to test uh, how we could uh, manage these uh, these uh, tokens internally, and then we're going to be offering for for the market soon. So we're waiting for the uh, regulation uh, uh, the regulation. Uh, 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 next steps uh, in order to to deploy to funds and institutional clients, and we think that custody is the next thing here because uh, you know it's what the market, like you said in the past, it was my first week here actually when the FTX issue <laughs> issue happened. So uh, from that point uh, uh, on, we started like uh, you know being really uh, close to this agenda uh, internally and with the regulator. And last but not least, here the the the, the fourth and very special uh, uh, business front that we focus was the distribution of crypto. So we knew that our clients were leaving the bank in order to uh, to trade uh, cryptos uh, in some exchanges, and they were complaining a little bit about custody and uh, you know UX and some other things. Let's be very uh, honest here, Aaron. It's it's not very easy for the average Joe. Uh, you know, to get into an exchange, to make a wallet out, to to click and buy, uh, you know, Bitcoin and Ether in a very uh, simple, uh, s- simple and uh, uh, intuitive way. You have to do a lot of things, understand a little bit more. So for the crypto native, it's really uh, easy uh, to to make this journey, but for the average client, it isn't. So we thought about that kind of client that we want to to to, to get them into the into the crypto and digital assets world uh, world and uh, offer a very simple uh, solution to make them buy and keep their uh, bitcoin safe in our custody and we deployed that solution uh, back in december uh, we're gradually uh, increasing uh, our customers through the uh, ion app right and uh, uh, uh we're following very uh, closely the uh, the regulatory movement that we have here along central bank uh, once we have a uh, uh, a bill of law that is already being regulated by the central bank. And we, we're on the final uh, step of, uh, you know, uh, finishing that, uh, that uh, scope of the law. Uh, so it's going to be very important for the bank to, to offer this solution. Uh, everything here uh, kind of linked, right? It's not one, one project, uh, 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 uh that uh, you know is doing uh, uh, something by themselves, like uh, uh, so. So it's something that uh, we're really focusing on the next uh, couple of uh, of uh, of months here.
0: No, thank you for that. That that's, that's very impressive. What you what you've what you've pulled off here in in about a year and a half, uh, really focusing on these four core business lines. Just inherently interesting to see like what you guys are putting together. It's very noteworthy to point out that you guys are like the largest bank in Latin America. This isn't some kind of small regional bank that maybe has the capacity to take on greater risk and kind of have to compete by doing some maybe edgier things. Uh, you guys are actually the largest bank in Brazil, and Latin America, and you're you're pushing forward with this agenda really full steam ahead. And you've got a team of what like I think like sixty or seventy employees on the yeah, digital yeah. assets side now. Ish.
1: Yeah, sixty to 70, something yeah. around that. Yeah, and also a lot of uh, you know uh, different areas here working in tandem with uh, those uh, 60 uh, digital assets uh, team. So we have the whole bank, you know, looking into that agenda and supporting the the, the, the next uh, developments.
0: I have a few questions, kind of about each of those four business lines. I'd like to tap into, but maybe even just from a higher level, like why is Itau going like headfirst into this? Right, like Itau strikes me as a type of bank where you don't necessarily, if, even if you're not the leader on digital assets, like you can be, you know, you can be kind of like, you'll be fine if you're the second or third in line, right? You don't necessarily need to be like putting all the chips on the table uh, for this, on this type of play. You're, you're already like the largest bank, you're trusted, you've been around for hundred years. Um, like, why is it that there's, there's so much emphasis on this particular area right now when it's not necessarily uh, something that you need to be competing on at this point in time?
1: yeah uh, that's a very interesting question and uh you know uh, here at the digital assets team and in, 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 in init we we are always saying that we are made we are made of the future right uh, so we think every day about uh how our customers uh, will behave in the near future, how they are behaving right now, understanding their habits and we know that there is a social uh uh cultural uh, change that is coming within the next years uh with that uh, tokenized uh, generation. I I always say that I like to, to look at, to, to, you know, to watch my kids playing in their uh, little metaverse, you know, playing Roblox, playing uh, Fortnite and buy their tokens. So for them, the the, the tokens already have, have a, has a value. They they have a value and they also are buying skins, which are more, you know, it's similar to NFTs uh, that they, want to have it and there's a value for that too. So uh we we understand that that generation uh is going is going to be the the bank's uh clients uh within the next years and we're looking for those you know to keep working with it to understanding that we have the products that they that that match their uh their uh it's their uh, fit I would say. So uh yeah, we are very, uh, you know, uh, linked to to habits and how our customers will be behaving in the next couple of uh, years.
0: No, that's really interesting. Uh, I think it's well put. I think I, I wouldn't disagree with anything you just mentioned there as as uh, someone who's around kids quite a bit these days as well. Like it's def- this isn't like a foreign concept to them, right? Uh, the idea of a digital good or a digital asset. Um and and I think just in terms of, of the culture of the bank and even the just the broader innovation environment that's the financial innovation environment that's been created in Brazil by by the central bank and some of the other regulators. I think it's it's kind of created the the, the sandbox for this type of activity. And uh, and you guys have really sort of seized the opportunity and run with it. So uh, definitely hats off to you on doing that. Um, I wanted to go back to the the, the Ion uh, brokerage product, and you've relaunch- you launched this I think in like early December, mid December. So still pretty early in the game. Um, but we'd love to just kind of maybe get some some thoughts on just how what the uptake has been thus far, and also uh, the point you raised about how you noticed that some of your customers were were leaving your platform to go purchase or trade crypto assets in other places. I think that's something that even you know other other folks have said. Is, well, I think I heard like the New Bank folks were saying this as well as one of the reasons that they decided to offer uh, crypto within their app is because people were going elsewhere, or clients were going elsewhere, and. And just kind of curious as to like what was the demand? I mean, how would you how would you describe the demand you saw for this like during the the, the during this past year, which was which was still fairly painful generally, uh, from market perspective, uh, it wasn't exactly like tons of retail people coming to get into crypto. Um, so how would you describe that demand? And then how would you how do you kind of see? this market for retail kind of maybe heating up again in the next over the next year, basically in in Brazil, because you now you have some more you have banks getting into the game, you still have all your local exchanges, you have your international exchanges, you have your fintechs that are beginning to offer more of these services. So it really does seem like there's a lot of more players coming into the game to service this retail market when it uh, presumably will, will, you know, kind of come back in force again. Uh, uh, but would would love your we'd love your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, so uh, you mentioned a very uh, interesting point about, you know, uh, all the players that we have here in the local uh, scene right now, and they're all important for, for the, the ecosystem. What we're doing in Itaú right now, we're, only in, uh, we're looking for digital assets as, a, as an investment contract, right? So the clients are getting into the ION app to uh, buy in a simple and intuitive way cryptos and uh, keep them safe into uh, Itaú's uh, custody. So uh, we didn't develop that uh, because we thought that it was nice or because uh, we are uh, betting into the future. Uh, we went to hear our customers and uh, you know, one of their concerns was about you know, losing their cryptos because of everything that happened into the bear market. So that's why we developed uh, the custody as the main feature for our, uh, our distribution uh, feature at the ION app. And uh, in a very, uh, and we developed a very uh, intuitive uh, journey, so that the clients can buy crypto in uh, three clicks, and uh, you know keep them safe into the custody. And i uh, speaking a little bit about the market, the retail market, and what we've uh, been checking uh, around. Uh, you know, uh, crypto is not only about investment contract. We we also believe that there is a huge thing uh, regarding uh, you know having crypto as. Using crypto as a rail for uh, for other uh, functionalities such as uh, Web3 and uh, you know uh, being the rail to access those uh, technologies. So uh, that's why the the fintech uh, ecosystem is uh, is also really important uh, here, and we have a very rich uh, ecosystem into the the Latin American uh, uh, market. So yeah, that, that that's the way that we think that we're gonna that we're gonna uh, uh, live together here. The banks getting new co- customers that uh, you know uh, didn't feel safe about uh, buying crypto and getting into the crypto world, and we also have the fintechs, they specialize the specialized web three players, getting uh, some of the clients you know to access everything that uh, crypto and tokens are are uh, are uh, have the potential to offer. So we really believe in this technology and how it will uh, pan out in the near, f- near future.
0: And then um, moving over to the custody side, and I-, I wanted to kind of tie this back to an episode I recorded maybe a month or two ago uh, with one of the guys from BLP Crypto, which was one of the, the earliest crypto funds in Brazil, uh, or maybe the earliest crypto fund in Brazil. Um, and th- that episode was just in regards to a rule change at the CVM, which, which will allow investment funds in Brazil to invest up to 10% of their... Uh, their aum into crypto without with basically kind of no questions asked without needing to do any kind of restructuring or or re you know reincorporating or whatever and uh realize we're still pretty early in the game uh, as it relates to that but just wondering how you know how are you kind of what is your sort of ideal client uh, for the custody business at the point is that is it really these these funds that you're targeting is it high net worth uh, inv- individuals is it fa- like family office type folks institutional investors like who do you see as the kind of the primary client for this, this, this custody side of business right now?
1: Yeah, we're we'll, we'll looking to all of them, right? Like I said, uh, you know, on the retail side, we have the, uh, the, uh, average client which is looking for the custody as a uh, safe haven, but we know that there is a huge market, uh, you know, still being developed here about, uh, funds looking also to have, uh, a, a thread bank, uh, with all the governments and rules, uh, Uh, already set up to support them to get new clients. The funds also have, they have this issue, like the clients get into the fund and they, the first question is uh, who is offering the custody service, the qualified services? So uh, we think that, you know, Ita was being one of the main players in custody, offering those uh, functionalities for for the institutional investors uh, through those funds will be key in the next next, uh, couple of years you know to have the market uh in, in the level that we really believe and you know uh growing uh, uh along with those uh, funds in order to get more clients
0: uh into the system got it got it and um let's touch on the let's move over to the direct side of the equation here as well and then we can kind of wrap in some of the, the tokenization and drex as I, I see as they're, they're pretty well interlinked so we can maybe touch on some of the tokenization uh efforts as well in conjunction with drex but um maybe talk a bit, give some more color about um, like what your participation in the pilot project has, or the, the pilot, the direct pilot uh, testnet has been. And uh, I know you mentioned you're the first to spin up a node. You've, you've run some tests already, but would, you know, we've been up and running with this for maybe half a year ish and would love your thoughts on just generally how this is going and um, would love to even maybe get your thoughts on, Like I I kind of view Drex as this like it's kind of like a Rorschach test where every every person I ask about it they kind of have a different way of describing it or like what it is and what it isn't and and so would would love to even get your your take on just what it is that 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 Drex is trying to be and like and why you're enthusiastic about participating in it.
1: Yeah, so uh, the Drex uh, project had been a very uh, you know important. Uh, front that the Brazilian Central Bank, uh, you know, they, they set up the, uh, the, the roadmap and uh, we follow like strictly what the Central Bank asked us to, to do as a participant into the, uh, into the, uh, the pilot. Uh, so for now, we're testing, we've been testing the, the, the scalability, uh, privacy, and especially the privacy of the uh, aspect of the uh, of the uh, the network, I would say uh, there are some challenges. We're still like you know understanding a little bit how we can can ramp up uh, you know uh, volumes and uh, you know still ha- having the privacy as a uh, as a key element uh, for uh, for the the the, the, the 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 for the system. Uh, so uh, we see the directs as the uh, the main infrastructure for the, uh, the tokenization market. So nowadays we know that there are a lot of stable coins, you know, being the, uh, being the, uh, the instrument uh, to, to make the DVP uh, on those uh, smart contracts. And we think that the Drex will come in order to not substitute those stable coins, but to be in the common stable coin regulated by central bank and give, giving the safety that the market needs to ramp up volume on the institutional side of things. Uh, I mean, on the real world, uh, real world assets, we need, we do need a stable coin like the Trex, uh You know, with a player like the central bank. You know, central, not, not, not I wouldn't say centralizing, but taking care of, uh, you know, of the system so that we can uh, have a reliable way of uh, starting to have tokenization as something, uh, as something uh, important. For, for the companies and the banks. And, you know, from that point on, uh, having more uh, issuers using tokenization uh, in a safety way.
0: Got it, got it. And then as far as how like how Itau will, what like, will function in, in the Drex environment once, let's just assume, let's fast forward maybe two years here and let's assume that Drex is sort of fully up and running. Like how will Itau, how, how will this affect Itau's kind of daily operations and relationships with its customers, uh, whether it be retail or uh, more on the institutional side? Like how does how does this kind of shake up the, the bank business model at this point, or at, at least in the current yeah. iteration of how Drex is being is being de- defined and developed?
1: That is still a question to be to be answered. Uh, we haven't started, uh, you know, specific tests about. Uh, what we need to change uh, regarding uh, legacy systems uh, in the bank to, to to being substituted by you know by by, by blockchain or DREX. Uh, we do have some mock-ups. We do have some uh, internal tests, but uh, firstly we need to understand you know uh, how the DREX will uh, work in the near future and and where uh, we will be able to to deploy. The Drex, uh, you know, following the the central bank uh, guidelines and uh, regulations, so that we can adapt the bank's infrastructure. What we know here, uh, Aaron, is that the uh, the Drex system uh, 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 and also the blockchain supports the bank to to solve uh, smart workflows uh, contracts that we can, uh, you know, deploy and create here. Uh, and uh, in the near future, it will be very, uh, very useful for, you know, for guarantees and other kind of contracts that nowadays uh, the banks still use like, uh, you know, legacy systems that, uh, that uh, had been here for decades. And uh, we know that the blockchain can be more, uh, more efficient. Right. And, uh, you know, after having those guidelines, we will de- uh, potentially be deploying the blockchain as the, the new legacy for for the
0: bank. Got it. Got it. And in your view, I mean, you've you've been you've been kind of at the intersection of these two worlds now for some time. And we just love your thoughts on like like what is it about about the Drex project that or this whole initiative that, as kind of grand as it is, that like where do you get the most excited? Like like do you see this as is it is it just kind of the efficiency? Is it efficiency kind of a plumbing like infrastructure rehaul play? Is it uh, is it really more of like, hey, we're we're creating this environment where we're basically it's, we're kind of creating like a new, you know, it's like we're creating like a new app store basically where people can come and just kind of build, you know, their own applications and 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 just kind of plop them on top of this environment that's been created, and that will in turn unlock a lot new a lot of lot new efficiencies and new products and business models within uh, within traditional financial services. Uh, but what about about the project uh, makes you personally most excited or or, or most interested?
1: Uh, here we, tell, we, we always think about, uh, you know, the client and uh, uh, when talking about the, the directs, we also uh, discuss a lot how we can make our customers life easier, right? So uh, how we can create, you know, uh, a new uh, UX, uh, UX uh, experience uh, for our customer that facilitates his, uh, his uh, daily life. So I'm going to give you here, I'm going to give you an example here. So uh, I would say that the tracks. if we have like in our, in Itaos app, uh, like a feature that the client can program anything in an easy way. You just have the UX and you say like, I want to invest X amount in certain place at that time. So uh, we think about having that, you know, that, um, that uh, app in an easy way, and underneath the blockchain will be uh, will be the, the infrastructure which will be deploying and making the DVP between those uh, rules that the customer will uh, you know will uh, not program but will uh, will uh, make in his own app in a very simple way in order to facilitate his life. So this is what the banks need to 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 understand, but but I don't see like you know our customers in the new future having like, you know, like a platform here to develop, uh, you know, over the layer of the blockchain or doing something more specific. Uh, I would say that we need to facilitate and uh, and we we love to talk here at the digital assets team that if our client in the near future doesn't have to understand anything about blockchain or anything about the Drex, uh, we're gonna be fine, right? Uh, the client needs to understand that he's doing something to facilitate and solve his problem, and underneath that layer, you know, there is the uh, you know this new, new digital economy which is supporting the client's uh, journey uh, throughout the app.
0: Yeah, it's an important distinction because I think a lot of people seem to be getting like Drex and picks confused, and there's some different um, you know misconceptions about what is this actually supposed to be. And where Pix is obviously the uh, just a, a predominantly retail consumer or peer-to-peer application that everybody uses and it's very easy to use. Whereas was with, with with Drex, like ideally it shouldn't even be something that the consumer even really knows exists. It's just okay, here's your app. Like you pro here's three clicks to kind of program. Okay, here's how I want my um you know, my 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 car title managed, or here's how I want my my insurance managed, or here's how I want my investment portfolio to look, and like everything's just kind of programmed and executed automatically underneath um, and and I, I think that's that maybe that maybe it's like a, a messaging you know I don't know challenge or something but uh, it does seem to be something that people be are getting a little bit confused about myself included um, but on that front I, I mean the, the, we have this kind of ambitious timeline for completing or launching directs uh, around you know this time 2025 I believe is the current uh, you know target um, and in your view, I mean, what do we, what needs to what like what are you hoping to see by the end? If we we have this conversation again in twenty twenty five, like what would you ideally hope to see on the Drex front to give you confidence? Like, hey, this is this is like gonna this is gonna be the same level of success as as Pix, as as open finance. Like, what are you hoping to see here?
1: I think it's uh, you know we're gonna have a more uh, clear vision about that as soon as we start to uh, you know to to. To get some real cases, like uh, you know, after we we deploy these uh, first phase of the DREX, you know, which we were talking about scalability and privacy of the solution, in a little bit of while we're gonna be discussing uh, uh, how to deploy the smart workflows that the DREX will uh, will uh, entail. So uh, uh, it's still su- it's still a question uh, to be answered. Uh, uh, we haven't been studying like uh, you know real cases uh, within our uh, other participants of the, the the pilot. I think it's going to start as soon as the, bank of, the central bank asks us to to start uh, doing so. And uh, but we've been, we've been you know like I said here you know thinking a little bit about DVP and how we make smart workflows. In a little while, we're going to be very uh, you know close to other banks and other fintechs, and etc. To Understand where we're going. For now, we still wait, need to wait the, the the first phase to to understand.
0: Got it. Got it. And um, and not to not to try to sort of beat a dead horse here on this point, but I, I know you guys have participated also in in like the Lyft challenge and some of these other projects even 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 before the Drex pilot was originally unveiled and probably even before you joined the bank actually. Um, and I mean the, the Lyft challenge is run by Finasback. It's kind of a you know a sandbox sort of type thing for uh, central bank uh, you know, kind of digital rail directs use cases. And I even have my handy uh, lift challenge uh, yeah. water jug here, which is actually why I, <laughs> I was like, maybe I should ask about this. Uh, but anyway, but I mean, I, that's kind of, I've, I've, I've looked, I've looked at some of the use cases that have popped up in this area as, as you know, they may or may not work in, in, you know, in real life out in the wild, but they do kind of give us a helpful example of like, okay, this is what could be possible. And just wondering if, if, if you have any thoughts on things that you've seen from the Itaou's participation in the Lyft Challenge or, or other folks' participation that you find particularly interesting.
1: I think that the Lyft Challenge is really important on the innovation side of things, right? Yeah. The Lyft Challenge is where the first ideas or, or what we might be doing, uh, uh, you know, getting into into uh, real real uh, pilots like we're doing in directs it's, it's the first step right so there are a lot of uh, projects that we uh, we discuss on the innovation side like we've done a uh, cross-border uh, FX test using blockchain on the lift challenge challenge but uh, there are still a lot of questions to be answered after we do those tests so lift challenge is really important on the the lab side of things, you know, to test and starts to get start, start uh, and to start to get new ideas, but they are not the final uh, the final gate to 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 deploy something. Uh, so the sandbox project, not only the, the the lift challenge, but also other sandbox that the regulators have been uh, doing, are really important to you know to get the the innovation going, and also like I said to get the ecosystem together so that we can exchange uh, ideas, thoughts, and uh, uh, new habits about what we have been seeing here on our client side and the fintechs on the innovation side.
0: Got it, got it. Um, and then, So shifting gears here slightly, uh, we'd love to ask a bit about um, how you're thinking through the, like your tech stack basically across all four of these uh, verticals within your digital asset division. Um, I know you've uh, uh, there's an I think an uh, announcement last week or the week before that uh, you're using leaky now as your kind of crypto as a service uh, partner and, and ITA who's also an investor in leaky and leaky's I guess they're maybe better known for us being like a tokenization uh, firm but they also have a crypto as a service product that you guys are, are using um, so'd love to kind of just get your 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 sort of breakdown of how are you thinking through the the tech stack in each of these verticals are we using you know maybe like you know, what, what parts are you maybe building out yourselves? What part are, what parts are you, you know, searching for third-party vendors, like a crypto as a service provider or a custody provider or uh, analytics provider or, or whatever else it might be. And uh, to what extent is it, you know, uh, are each of these are these, are for the four of these verticals, can you kind of use the same infrastructure for each of these things? Or do you do each of these look maybe a little bit different as far as the the stack and the vendors and, and and maybe the processes and procedures and the, and the overall architecture so uh we'd love to get a kind of a brain dump from you on that
1: yeah sure so uh uh here at the, at itau, at the itau digital assets division we're really open we're very open to you know to partnerships uh, uh with fintechs so like you just mentioned uh, leaky leaky is a uh, invested company by by itau and uh, we've done that investment strategically to you know, to understand a little bit more about the scope. We know that, you know, the fintechs, they breathe 100% innovation. They are like, you know, 24 hours working in a certain uh, specific uh, topic. And uh, here at the team, we have like, uh, you know, four business fronts like up and running. So uh, we know that we have a lot to learn from those uh, fintechs. And we also believe that those fintechs also learn a lot from Itaú regarding user experience, governance and, uh, you know, the, 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 regu- the regulatory framework that they must to, to follow in order to, to grow, right? Uh, with, a, with a distribution case here, along with Leaky, we deployed the uh, Crypto-as-a-Service solution an exclusive Crypto-as-a-Service solution once we had to use Itaos custody into the, uh, into the, uh, into the uh, structure, right? So uh, it wasn't like a simple uh, crypto as a service uh, deployment here. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, are not, we learned a lot into the process. Liki also learned a lot, a lot about, uh, you know, uh, how to follow uh, these uh, regulatory framework that we need to do as a, a, a highly regulated bank by, by, by the Brazilian Central Bank. So it's a win-win situation, right? And we're not doing uh, those partnerships only for the distribution side of things. We're we're also doing that on the 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 tokenization, uh, the tokenization uh, uh, business front. So we're open to study uh, new cases uh, along uh, other fintechs and to learn with them, and also to you know to share our innovation thoughts about how to you know to to tokenize. The, uh, guarantees, smart workflows, and uh, so on and so forth. So, yeah, we're really really open here. And we think that the whole ecosystem, uh, you know, uh, uh, grows with, uh, you know, those partnerships.
0: Great, great. Um, And then uh, another question here, just focusing on... um, leaky partnership as well you guys had an announcement a couple of months ago where you were uh, it was a tokenized a tokenized fund or uh, in conjunction with like leaky and then uh Oliveda trust um and you guys were tokenizing a it's like a a fijiki which i, don't, I i'm embarrassed yeah. to say i don't even know how to like describe what that is in english <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping you could you could explain like what that is and like what maybe w- what what that uh what that project is
1: yeah so um so that that case was, uh, you know, was very uh, uh, was a very interesting case because we tokenized the the, the Fijik is a receivable fund, with there are a lot of rules in it, uh, like the uh, you know the uh, the thinner of the uh, the assets and uh, you know how to how the uh, asset manager uh, deals with the rules of the funds and etc. So we tokenized uh, you know the, the 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 whole structure of the fund, uh, which. Like we were saying, uh, it's the, the 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 real deal here about tokenization, right? You don't have, you, you don't need like someone like pressing buttons on and also controlling in systems uh, about those rules because the blockchain can do it all, right? So it's not about only having a token to to make the DVP of the structure. It's deploying a whole smart workflow into that fund uh, structure in order to make the administration. Of the uh, of the, the, the whole DVP process and how and how we will uh, you know uh, 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 make the fund more uh, in an operational level more uh, more efficient. So uh, th- this was a, a win-win situation also because we learned a lot throughout the process. Liki also learned a lot. Uh, we have more clients in pipeline here uh, to start doing that structure. And we really think that, you know, uh, regarding tokenization, the smart workflow structure, like that one that we said, is the next uh, big thing.
0: Got it, got it. Thank you for that explanation. It makes, makes a bit more sense. Um, and then, so to kind of wind things up here, wanted to just get, uh, you know, some general thoughts from you on on what are you excited about in the Brazil ecosystem in 2024? Uh, you know, if we were to have this conversation again this time next year, uh, you know, what are, what are you like hoping to see in the, over the next 11, 12 months? And what are you most uh, bullish about, perhaps?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, on the regulatory side, we are very uh, bullish about that. Brazil is in the forefront of developing, uh, you know, uh, our Bill of Law. We have the uh, law 14478 uh, already in place, right? and we've been discussing along uh, other players uh, the institutional the institutions and also central bank about you know the specific rules of uh, this this bill of law as soon as we have it ready uh, we know that the market will be ready to you know to get more institutional clients uh, you know to to evolve uh, from that point on so uh, we're very bullish on on this point we also have cvm coming uh, you know Closer and closer to the topic of tokenization, so very very bullish on tokenization. We had a year, which, like I was saying, you could tokenize and distribute everything, right? And that was an issue for the market because you know the investors didn't know what they were investing like specifically. So the CVM came on board, you know, to put uh, uh, some some uh, common rules for the players in order to uh, uh, you know to to give the condition of the market to, to grow from that point on. Uh, so in it all, we're bullish in both the regulation with central bank CVM coming along. And uh, as soon as we have them ready, we know that the clients will come. And uh, we also very uh, excited about the custody business here. You know, uh, we're deploying the custom, the, the custody uh, in our retail app. We're also going into the market for the funds, like we were saying. So we're bullish on, you know, Given safety for the customers, in order to to give uh, you know the right level of uh, of uh, uh, safety that the market needs to ramp up in uh, 2024 and also 2025.
0: So is the is the assumption that uh, once the central bank rolls out uh, its its final uh, version of the regulations, which is expected maybe Q three, like late Q two, Q three. Uh, Itaú Digital Assets, you'll be applying for one of the VASP licenses uh, under their regime. Is that is that uh, in the works?
1: So yeah, we're reading a little bit about uh, you know uh, more clarity about uh, which will be the license, like the VASP license that the, the bank need and also the the other players. Uh, we're very close to, to Central Bank on the public consultation that it's uh, rolling out now. Uh, and as soon as we have more clarity about that, we will know if we need a license, what which kind of license it we need in order to be, uh, you know, distributing distributing crypto and also deploying our custody for institutional clients?
0: Okay, got it, guys. So basically, it's it's sort of a you're kind of in a in a holding period here, waiting to see exactly what the requirements are and what what the what they're going to be requiring licenses for, et cetera, et cetera. But you've you've you feel feel confident enough to roll out these products uh, now, even before a regime is or a licensing regime is in place. Uh, you've gotten. I'm assuming you've gotten sufficient kind of clarity and go-ahead from the bank that hey, if you do these things, it's that's that's you know that's acceptable basically. Um, but just kind of waiting to see what the next steps far as far as what the yeah the you know what the the details are of the licensing regime basically before you decide if you're going to apply for one or not. Uh, that
1: as of for now, uh, we've been very close to central bank in you know in showing the uh, you know the deployments that we have been doing so it's not only about offering to clients it's also you know bringing the results to the regulators to understand a little bit more about the uh the how the market behaves about the topics and uh, you know with uh, those data i think you know both both of us like the participants of the uh, of the public consultation and also the central bank in understanding a little bit more about the risks and uh, how we build in a practical way deploy the licenses, and uh, so on
0: and so forth. Got it, got it. Um, and then I guess one other question I've been, I've been asking people lately um, is how do, you, how do you stay informed on crypto blockchain, right? There's like so much information floating around, there's so much news, there's so much, everything just moving so fast, it's impossible to keep up. But what's, what's your go-to for just staying on top of all these things or staying on top of the things you need to uh, be informed about?
1: Yeah, so I read, uh, I read a lot about, uh, you know, uh, the crypto, uh, uh, crypto news, all of them. So uh, you can name it. But uh, I also like to, to read a little bit about the tradfi market and uh, try to, to trace a uh, correlation between both of them. Uh, like I learned when I was very young, you know, the money is, is one. It's just uh, one money and the flow they go from one side to another side. So I try to understand a little bit about, you know, the treasury movements, the NASDAQ, and understanding a little bit more how the uh, threadfi guys are, are looking into those uh, stocks and movements uh, to, to, to understand a little bit about how the crypto world will, will behave a little bit. Uh, you know, crypto is going mainstream. We, we had the SEC approving the, uh, the first uh, ETF in U.S., uh, the, the Bitcoin ETF in U.S., and as it goes mainstream, we also have to to keep an eye on those uh, specific news, or something that, that thread find news to understand how both worlds will, uh, you know, will uh, will be together in this new phase fa- in this new phase of the market.
0: Yeah, and I guess it wouldn't be a, a proper conversation with, without bringing up the Bitcoin ETF uh, front, right? At least not at this point in time. Uh, we haven't talked about AI yet, so we I probably don't need to get into that. But you know, as far as like you know the buzzwords of the day, uh, Bitcoin ETF, obviously the news of the year so far. Uh, but, but I mean, have you seen any noticeable impact in Brazil on you know potential customers, potential customers, other folks you're doing business with? That I mean, is this Is this ETF approval maybe kind of like breaking the ice a little bit uh, with folks who maybe were otherwise skeptical, but they're just kind of waiting to see what the U S does. But what, if any repercussions or implications have you, have you witnessed here in Brazil uh, regarding this news?
1: Yeah. So, so, so regarding the, the, the news itself, it's important to, to show, you know, us is the, 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 the most liquid market. Uh, It's where, you know, uh, like, like probably, uh, 70% of the money in the world is regarding, uh, you know, thread fine market. So it's important to understand the impact of the, the news and, uh, and how the, uh, you know, the liquidity will uh, start uh, ramping up again after that news. I, I think that's the impact that we have here in the local market, more on the liquidity side of things than on the ETF, like the product side of uh, things, uh, here in Brazil, we were also we, we were we were already offering uh, you know Bitcoin ETFs for for a while, uh, so it's not like a big thing uh, regarding uh, uh, re- regarding like on, on the product side of things. I, I would say that we are more tracking the the liquidity and how it will impact the the price action in the next uh, couple of months.
0: Got it. But is there is there maybe kind of a psychological barrier that's been. Uh, or you know, psychological ice that's maybe beginning to crack here, just based on okay, if the U.S. has finally given this a green light. Maybe that that will make maybe some folks here that may have been otherwise a bit more skeptical uh, thinking about, hey, we need to finally get on get on the bandwagon here. Have you noticed any of that, yeah. or is that me reading too much into yeah.
1: it? Yeah, and also the a little bit about uh, you know a little bit about the the, the nature. Of the tokens, right? So Bitcoin ETF. So, so the, SC, the, the SEC highlighted that Bitcoin is a commodity, right? So we start to understand a little bit more, a little bit more, what is a commodity, uh, wh- which tokens are securities, and uh, how we can offer them to the public. So I think that was the important, is the, the importance of the first ETF, and there might be more, more to come. So we 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 follow very closely that developments uh, to understand, uh, you know about uh, what we will be offering in the future and how we can, uh, you know, along the central bank uh, and CVM uh, uh, understand which will be the best practice and regulations to, to make our customers safe to get into the market. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, finally understanding that it's an investment contract such as other uh, bank products that they have been doing for, for decades.
0: Great, great. Well, Gutu, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you coming on the show here. Um, to wrap up, we'd just love to give you the floor. Uh, if there's anything, anything else you want to add or anything else that you, know, you think folks should know about the work you guys are doing at Itaú uh, on this front, uh, very impressive. So congratulations on that. But uh, we'll give you the floor for any final thoughts. And then also, uh, what's the best way for folks to get in touch with you if they want to uh, continue the conversation?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, first, first of all, thanks for you and uh, the team uh, for the conversation, Aaron. Uh, it's really important to to track what have been, uh, you know, what have been uh, happening in in Latin, in spe- especially in Brazil. Uh, like I said, we're in the forefront of the uh, regulatory scope and developing, you know, uh, not only a bill of law but also uh, uh, new practice in the market. Uh, I think 2024 and 2025 will be an amazing year for for Brazil on the the digital assets uh, scope and also in the crypto scene. So I invite everyone to keep following what we have been doing at Itaú and also what we have been doing along the ecosystem because it's gonna be two great years uh, starting you know with the regulations that we might be finishing along central bank on on uh, Q3. So thank you all and you can you can follow us. Uh, in our uh, uh, social networks at Itaú and uh, myself specifically at, at LinkedIn so you can follow, follow Guto Antunes and we keep that con- conversation live, you know, uh, together to know how it will develop in the next uh, couple of months.
0: Amazing. Uh, well, Guto, thanks so much for your time this morning and um, looking forward to our next conversation. Uh, you know whenever hopefully we'll have like you know maybe this time next year we'll have another another uh we'll have a retro and see how everything panned out uh but best of luck to you this year and uh congratulations again on the work you've been doing at itau and and to your team and uh, thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time